episode Loaded nine. Oh. Does he sit second, man? No, I don't I think he does. I think Kevin Keegan probably sits second. Oh, my God, what a <laughs> scandal. Austin Eckler versus the cards. Go and fuck yeah. the lot of you. <laughs> Austin Eckler. He's making me like I'm some sort of cameo. Like, I'm coming in and go, and out the bag, England to win. Hello and welcome to episode 24 of Loaded Sport, where today we're going to be reviewing the divisional round of the NFL season, as well as that looking at potentially one of the greatest games in Premier League history between Arsenal and Manchester United. Joining me to go through those are three people that I'm going to ask, first of all, how their weekends went. You may remember from the preview show of last week that we were expecting quite a heavy night in Newcastle this weekend. And I know on Sunday morning, the one that felt the worst or seemed to feel the worst of the group of us is the one I'm going to introduce first. Sam, how are you feeling? Uh, yeah, um, you just know you're getting old, don't you? When there's a, you're getting a two-day two day hangover. Um, I'm all right, actually, I must admit. I've been tired all day, but I've, I've, uh, I've peaked a little bit now. But I must admit, so yesterday, as you as you touched on, it was a it was a very rough day indeed. I'm glad to hear that you're feeling at least a little bit better now. Uh, Skin, how are you doing, mate? You you didn't seem too bad on Sunday morning. Yeah, all right, mate. I, I had a, a reasonably, uh, I want to say early night, but certainly earlier than everyone else. I think uh, the uh, the uh, to be yeah to be remained nameless stag and best man going to bed super duper early kind of uh, killed the vibe a little bit, didn't it? And I thought it's boxing finished. It was about two and a half hours till Giants Eagle started, and I'm like, yeah, I've not got it in me, so I'm gonna go in there get head down. But I didn't, and I was still up when Sam came uh, crawling back. Um, but yeah, it was all right. But yeah, Sam blessing. We uh, we stopped off at the services on the way back yesterday. Um, I, I was having a, a little Burger King, a little drink, and uh, he sat at a chair about the the other side of the service station from us, just because he couldn't be bothered to walk to where we were sat. So, I'm uh, Sam, just like Adam. I'm glad to hear that you're even a, you're doing a lot better, mate, because you, you weren't feeling it in that car home yesterday. I wasn't staring into the abyss is the uh, the term I'd use at that point in the services. I just yeah. I'd, I'd nipped. Uh, I was sat in the sat at the table with you boys, obviously. I nipped at the toilet, and it was the other end of the services, and I, and the. The, the table where I decided to sit, I was at the side of the door, and I was like, "I'm not walking back to them. I just, I just can't do it." So I just sat down and just stared blankly. I went even on my phone. I was just staring and like just into the abyss until Liam, Liam found me and uh, brought you over to me. Yeah, how are you doing, Aggie? Anyway, you were uh, you seemed all right yesterday morning, but how, uh, how are you doing now? I'm good, mate. Yeah, I don't tend to get hangovers, thankfully, but I ate an Big array man. of chips, didn't I? So I, everywhere we went, I just bought myself a different portion of chips, so I feel like I was pretty much sound throughout the entire yeah, night. Yeah, so. keep that stomach lined, mate. Exactly. Good played, tactic. Played it sensible. And uh, last but by no means least, the only one of the four of us that got the luxury of driving themselves back from Newcastle, Mr. Kemp, how are you? Mr. Dawson, Mr. White. Man with the mic, how are we doing? Very good, thank you. you. How are you? Living every part of my dream, yeah. Very surprised about how okay I felt yesterday. Very surprised about how, how okay I felt today. So we uh, might be going through a little bit of a resurgence and a, and a renaissance, if you will. Fucking um, bully for you. In my, uh, in my oldish age. So, uh, yeah, no, I had a great weekend. Uh disappointing fairly disappointing on saturday night which we'll get to but uh yes a great weekend nonetheless i'm glad you're uh, feeling a bit better sam thank you always glad you're okay dawson and um Thanks, yeah adam you are what you are so let's yeah, adam. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and adam's here i'm present adam's with us for yeah great crack on yeah, don't sound too happy about it. We'll start by talking of the latest news that came out on Monday afternoon, and that was the dismissal of Frank Lampard from Everton. Sam, I'm going to start with you on this one because you've been adamant for a while that this should have happened. <laughs> I've uh, got a bit of a frog in my throat. I, need, I think I need a quick drink. Doogie? Uh, yeah, um, solemn, solemn day in, in the life of Frank Lampard in English football. They've lost a great. The they've lost a great man. <laughs> <laughs> no, no. Obviously, about about a month, six weeks ago, when I um, I publicly defended him, saying if I said he needed, needed more time, he's had the time. To be fair, and he's not done anything with it. So, yeah, probably one of the reasons why I've not really looked forward to recording this uh, episode tonight. Because I know Kemp is uh, 
smug as anything. So come on, mate. Let's uh, well, let's let's have it. Give me. Come on. No, you're right in what you say in the sense that he's not done anything with his time. Um, but again, I wasn't advocating for him to get more time. Um, yeah, it's it's pretty obvious. You know, there's a lot of times when clubs sack managers, and you'll come out and you'll think, oh god, that's you know, I wish he'd had a bit more chance, or you know, that's a bit harsh or whatever. But in this instance, I don't see that many people leaping to his defence. No. Um, it's a very, very difficult situation at Everton at the moment because it seems as though no matter who they get in, it's just a bit of a poison chalice and, and not really anybody can 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 do anything with them. I mean, you look at a club like Everton, it's a you know, it's a big club. I'd say before the investment, it's probably on a level with you know Man City in terms of the size of the club in the history, you know, if not even bigger. So, you know, it's it's disappointing to see them where they are. Um, but when you've been so you know unsuccessful for as many years as they have, you know, seven, eight years now, I think. Um, you, you've got to look above the manager and you've got to look above the players. And by no means was Lampard the answer. And obviously he wasn't, he wasn't getting a tune out of the players. But I think the problems lie a lot deeper up at uh, up at Everton. So uh, unfortunate for Frank, he's lost his job. It's never nice to hear about anybody losing the job. But at the same time, in my opinion, as we discussed six weeks ago, I think if they would have uh, made the change sooner, maybe they wouldn't be in this position. But no, that's that's for uh, that's a conversation for another day. And it's a shame that he's lost his job. But um, yeah, never hurts being right, does it? So who, who is the answer? <sighs> a new board. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Now, I think in all honesty, and we were we touched on it a little bit earlier, but as we always said, you know, save it for the uh, for the podcast so we can talk on here about these things. Um, I don't think Sean Dyche is a terrible shout. But I think the, the problem is with Sean Dyche, he's going to come in, he's going to play fairly route one, basic, boring football um, and grind out results. And at this point in time, are the Everton fans going to be you know patient enough and, and happy to see that? Um, I think it's going to, like I say, it's a poison chalice. So I think the only person that could go back there and sort of get a better feeling around the place, which I think is a very, very important part of keeping them up, um, would be Wayne Rooney. And I've said that I do think he's overrated mm. as a player. But, you know, as a manager, he, he did a great job with Derby with the tools that he had. Yes, they still went down, but, you know, he made it a lot closer than he had any right to. Um, and, uh, and and I think he'd definitely get the feeling back. It's just, would he be able to do anything with that squad? So I think Rooney would be the answer for me. But, you know, I wouldn't I wouldn't hate the Sean Dyche appointment either. What, what, who do you think is the answer? Well, I'll send it back to you. Well, because I know, obviously, you was... You was he was on me for, for backing Lampard. And, and the first thing he brought up was you're saying I got my Derby tinted spectacles on. So I'm going to surprise you here. And I don't think Rooney's the answer. For, uh, I, right. I, I don't, I think that with Derby, this is going to sound crazy and unpopular opinion. I think he had a very easy job at Derby. And when I say, when I say easy, I mean, he had zero expectation. He went in there. Every game was almost a free hit. It were a season where the lads had, had the backs up against the wall. Uh, they were going down. Everybody had, had them going down with that, what was nearly a 30-point deduction. Um, and I just think he just kind of, you know, if if they stayed up, he'd pulled an absolute miracle off. If they went down or they've gone down fighting, it, it were a bit of a free hit for Rooney that, that year. It'd, it'd have been mad to quit halfway through that season because he's left with a bit of a reputation Funnily enough, as soon as we get new owners, he fucks off. So I don't know all all that were about, but well, he got his he got his um, his eyes set on the Kirchner deal. I yeah, think, yeah, well, well, so. we've, we've covered that, haven't we? But no, yeah, um, yeah. no, I, I don't, I don't, I really don't think Rooney's the right right man for the I'll job. I'll come back to you on that one though. Just before you you do sort of say who you do think is the right man for the job, I'll come back to you on that one and say that you know what what's the expectation of Everton at the minute? Because mm. Lampard's had a terrible run with them. Benitez couldn't get a tune out of them. You know. Marco Silva, who's full of manager, he's doing a great job now there, and he couldn't get a tune out of them. So, what is the expectation of the Everton manager? Because it's quite obvious to me that a lot of the fans are pinning the blame on the board. So, in terms of a manager, is it not the same thing? Is it not a bit of a free hit where he can just come in, 
you know, they're, they're more than likely going so. down anyway because they've got off to a terrible start with terrible owners. And it's, again, another free hit for him. I think it's quite a similar situation, don't you? I, I honestly don't think so. I don't think it's similar in any way. Derby was absolutely doomed. Everton aren't doomed. Everton are only a couple of points. Derby was like minus 30 points. You know, it's mm. there's Everton win a couple of back-to-back games and all of a sudden there's a chance of leaving that relegation zone. Um, the, the number one priority for Everton is finding a manager who can keep them in the league and that's where Sean Dyche will probably benefit that because he will get them playing ugly football he'll, he'll shore them up at the back they'll be you know solid, ugly uh, gritty, all, all them things you'd expect from an, a previous Premier League Burnley side um, and I think he could, but it's a short term that would be a short term solution for me you know mm. I think is it maybe hire him for two year, give him a two year contract just, just steady the ship and then once, once they're stable you know collecting a couple of 13th place finishes for example then maybe look on and and try and push on from there but I think someone like Sean Dyche I think would probably be the right answer for now I Mm. really wouldn't I think Rooney would be a terrible idea myself because he's just so inexperienced I'm I know I've mentioned a lot about Sean Dyche and maybe I'm a bit biased because obviously he's old Chesterfield captain but similar to what you've just said there with with trying to get maybe 13th and build on can I just very quickly just before you carry on nobody knew that so you don't you don't have to say you were biased there because did you I, not know? I can pretty much guarantee nobody listening knew that Sean Dyche was Chesterfield <laughs> captain at one point. What about you guys? It's that aren't listening listening to me? FA Cup semi final. Anyone with a little bit of knowledge of, of what in nineteen ninety two? Nineteen ninety two? Ninety seven, weren't it? Ninety seven. Yeah, right, okay, I was two. That's you in it, mate. It's not all club legend. You. Club legend. Um, so, Sam, did you know? I, I did. I bought. <laughs> did I, did. I did. I did. I did. But only through I, because Ike's told me before. <laughs> and I'll tell you again, and I will tell you again at some point. But no, my, my point was there moving on to another manager that's under pressure. Do you think there's a chance that maybe David Moyes could return? He's, he's still in a job at West Ham, isn't he? At the moment, but he's quite high up on the sack race. Nah, it'd be absolutely fucking foolish, wouldn't it? See, Unless, if he loses the, the job at West Ham. With that one is, I think the difficulty with that one is, is he going to jump out of the frying pan and you know, back into flames? You know, why would you come out of a job where it looks like you might get relegated to another job where you might get relegated? And in the shit situation that Everton are in as well, it's, you know, I think I'd rather be West Ham manager now than Everton manager. I know he might not have a choice in the matter, but yeah, you know, it's a yeah, I'd agree with that. strange step. I didn't mean him like stepping down, but if he got sacked and the opportunity... No, arose, I know, I know. He's got that history with Everton, he hasn't he? Well, but you've got you, that's that's a lot of moving pieces that's got to happen, sh- like sharpish, and then Everton to get him in, and then yeah. you know for him to hit the ground running Everton, they need someone who's going to. They've, they've not got a manager right now, and they're in a relegation. Two, they're only two point off safety. They need someone that's yeah. going to come in and instantly make an impact, and they can't hang about for West Ham to fire David Moyes. It's not going to happen. Because so. if David Moyes, if West Ham get one win. You know, then yeah, Moyes, Moyes exactly. puts it off by another couple of weeks, and then what? Everton the weekend against Everton. Yeah, and then Everton are in a position where, you know, they don't have a manager for three weeks because they're waiting for Moyes. Yeah. No, Everton ain't got three weeks. <laughs> they haven't got no. through it. They could lose every game and be, you know, a few points adrift. So, yeah, too many moving parts for me. I think Sam's right. Yeah. Skin, what's your thoughts? We haven't yours on uh, on the uh, the sacking of uh, Frank Lampard. No, I thought I'd just uh, take in everyone's opinion and then try and put a little bit of, bit of context on, on the matter. So, Sam, you mentioned there about Everton not really being that far off of safety or anything else like that. They're yeah. six points off of 13th place. That's how tight Crazy the uh, the Premier League sort of bottom third, I'd say, mm. is at the moment. So they're by no means doomed, but they no. do need to make a change. And this is the right time with a little over a week left of the transfer window. I, I can't see them spending an outrageous amount of money, but they've got a, a good squad that is more than capable of surviving and probably quite comfortably, you know, we're talking about Arsenal being so far ahead, but actually they're still off the season to play. You know, let's put that logic on, on Everton as well and, and take a step back and relax a bit. But I don't know if any of you lads saw it. Excuse me. Uh, the fan video of Frank Lampard uh, going, I think it was when he was going into the London Stadium at the weekend, a couple of Everton fans approached him like I said, look, you know, yes. thank you for what you've done. We're a big fan of you. Can I get a picture of the usual stuff? And he looked like a dead man walking. He kept to put it into context. He looked a bit like Jose Aldo walking to the cage when he uh, had the fight against Conor McGregor. It and be he, 
the uh, dead man walking, mate. You'd I mentioned that to you, Sam, to be fair, didn't I? You did. I can't you remember. Did. Again, I can't remember exactly what Dawson probably knows more about what they said, but I saw the interview and I saw that the Everton fans were being quite nice to him. And um, yeah, yeah it was just it was, it, nothing specific. It was just like, you know, thank you for everything you've done. And mm. probably one of those, you know, we can see your days numbered, you know your days numbered. We want to tell you, well, we've got the opportunity. We appreciate what you've done because, like you've said already, they're their issues are more with the board than, than what's going on field. But yeah, look, for me, it's a Sean Dyche job written all over. I know he gets a lot of stick for, Kemp, you mentioned the type of football that he plays, but he was the manager of Burnley. They didn't have the team that anyone else in that league had. They didn't have the budget that anyone else, anyone else in that league had. And, and I actually for a while thought that given a little bit of money or, or given a little bit of a higher calibre of player, he can do a job. And looking at his interviews and how he you know, the the foundations that he implements to the teams that he manages. I think he's the right man for the job and what they need. They need a bit of stability on field. They need a, sp- a bit of stability with their fans because of the issues with the board. And they just need to focus on what they can do during those 90 minutes to get the points and survive. And I think he's the right man to sort of shield them from everything else that's going on, you know, higher up at the club. So, yeah, they're, they're by no means doomed. Like I said, there's six points off of uh, 13th place. It's a very, very close race and there's a, a long way to go, as we've said many times when we've spoken about the title race. So, yeah, for me, he's the right man for the job and it's a, it's the right time to make a change. It's better late than never, but, you know, while well, you've got the opportunity, just to get it done and, and see what you can do. OK, well, it's... Uh... Good that you should mention about how we've spoken about the title race, because that is what we're going to move on to now, discussing what is potentially one of the greatest fixtures in Premier League history, has thrown up one of the greatest matches in Premier League history, as Arsenal welcomed Manchester United to the Emirates Stadium on Sunday evening. What a game this was. Skin, I am going to come to you first, simply because you posted on the Loaded Sport Forum. You've been all Man City, along with Kemp on this, for who's going to win the Premier League this season. (laughs) Has this turned the tide for you? Yeah. (laughs) This is is the short answer. Pull up a chair, mate. Come and sit outside of us, dog. Yeah, I'm I'm coming, mate. I'm on my way. I'm dragging it um, over to you. But yeah, we spoke last week about how Pep seems to be losing his head a little bit. He seems to be arguing with the fans, making very passive-aggressive comments about the the level of support and the the commitment to their you know continued success. Arsenal were absolutely brilliant. I, I like what Thierry Henry said um, after the game. It wasn't on the Sky coverage, but he said that that Arsenal team were a uh, a team that were three years in the making or three years into their development, and the United team were a team that was six months into their development and. He's he's very um, optimistic, should I say, of of United's future under Eric Ten Hag. And he actually said as well that when uh, I can't fucking remember it was now, but when someone got sacked, he actually recommended Ten Hag. Uh, it was uh, uh, Ronald Koeman when he got sacked. He uh, Omri oh. recommended uh, Eric Ten Hag because he knew a bit about his work and was really impressed with what he was doing. So he he's got a lot of good things to say about uh, Man United's future and their their. You know, potential success, but yeah, but back to Arsenal because they're they're the ones that deserve the chat. They they were absolutely brilliant. It was a great game. Kemp, you called two one Arsenal with uh, United going one 0 up and Arsenal coming back, and I said that that would be a true test of or a true you know sort of um I can't think of the word that I'm trying to think uh, example of of what Arsenal are now capable of and how different they are to recent years. And, you know, they won 3-2, but that scenario did play out where they went 1-0 down to that wonder goal by Marcus Rashford. And it was, it was you know, they showed their metal. They showed what they can do under pressure when they're behind against such a team in form as Manchester United as well. So, yeah, they were absolutely brilliant. And right now with, you know, what seems, I won't say an issue at Man City, but, you know, the wheels are a little bit wobbly, shall we say. And the, and the form that Arsenal are in, the, the togetherness, the team spirit, you could see it in the pre, uh, sorry, the post-match interview between uh, Saka and Nketiah. They're just, Arteta has worked so hard to bring them up together and bring everyone up on the same page and his philosophy and it's finally paying off. So yeah, full credit to them. And right now at this point, again, still a lot of football to be played. Man City and Arsenal still need to play twice. That's a potential six-point swing. So anything can happen. But 
I feel like I'm being a bit silly if I, and, and a little bit stubborn if I continue to say that I think Man City will uh, be winning the league based on what I'm, I'm seeing at the moment. So, yeah, I'm, uh, I'm sliding the chair over to sit in between you pair and back in team at Arsenal for the league title as it stands. One down, one to go, Kempy. You'll be next, son. Yeah. No, not going to happen until it's too late. Not going to happen. Okay. I mean, it's not. Quick. It's not stubbornness. It's, it's it's more about the fact that you mentioned wobbly wheels there for City. I mean, if a four 0 wins wobbly wheels, then that, that's yeah. fine. I don't want I don't want wheels that aren't wobbly. Um, Eighteen games to go for Man City. Nineteen games to go for for Arsenal. We're halfway through the season. Arsenal are renowned bottlers. They've got Europa League football to play. Um, they're still in you know a couple of competitions. It's going to get too much. I keep saying this and, you know, it was a good result for them against United. United played really well. Um, for Henri said it, you know, perfectly. United stage in their development, you know, gave Arsenal a real game. Um, and Arsenal did look shaky at times, you know, especially at the back, you know, Rashford running through for, for that first goal, it looked pretty poor. So um, still two fixtures against City where the points can be made up. Still a lot of bananas to slip on. Um, I'm not changing my mind. It's a good result for Arsenal. It's one that I predicted would happen. But yeah, it's like you just said there, Dawson. Plenty of football to be played and uh, I'm not going to move my chair over until it's mathematically impossible for uh, for me to stay where I am. All I will quickly say, just before Sam and I, you, you give your thoughts, you said there about Arsenal being known as bottle jobs and I'll, I'll go back to what I said Rashford uh, about Rashford last week when... You know, everyone was saying, oh, he's a form player, He's he does this. And I said, he's a different player now. He's worked so hard on what he needs to get better at and all that kind of stuff that I said. And look what he did in that game with that with that goal, just pure confidence and didn't matter that he just had a his probably well, one of his poorest games for, for quite a few months. He still showed that he's turned it around. He knows what he needs to do. He knows he needs to focus. He knows he doesn't need to worry about one bad game. Arsenal the same. They're, they're, they're a changed team. So uh, try not to worry too much about. Still, only after nineteen, twenty games. Though. This is the thing. Like greatest. You, you mentioned stop. Rashford there. You mentioned Ever. Rashford there, and you, you you're right. To be fair, I have had him down as a form player. I still kind of do think he's a form player. But if he carries on putting, you know, a performance in like he did against Palace, and then and then a performance in like he did against Arsenal, you know, he'll still slowly start proving me wrong. Arsenal aren't in a position yet where they can prove me wrong because we're not down the stretch. You, know, you mentioned there that oh, you know, Rashford's proving us wrong that he's a form player. Arsenal may well prove me wrong that they're not bottlers, but ultimately at this point in time, they haven't because they can't. So until they do prove me wrong, I'm not going to sit here and say, oh, well, you know, they're doing well. They might prove me wrong because it's if, buts and maybes. When they do you know, prove me wrong, if they do prove me wrong, I'll come and say that. But at this point in time, I can't, can't say they're going to do something when they've not done it. Yeah. I think that's uh, that's definitely fair enough. Um, I thought they were class, Arsenal. thought it were an absolutely unbelievable game. United Great were game. good. Fantastic, weren't it? Yeah, Great really, game. really good. Definitely dropped off after probably about 65, 70 minutes and it was just an absolute onslaught from Arsenal. They just pegged United's full-backs back and they just could not get out for the essentially remainder of the game. Yeah. Baku Saka um, is just an unbelievable player. Who, who, who do you think is the better player right now, Saka or Rashford? Mm. Ability wise, I'd say Saka. Form wise, I'd probably still give it to Rashford. Mm. I think I'd, I'd go Rashford, and I'm trying. I'm trying not to be biased, but yeah, I would say Rashford just because of his ability to play different positions and and do different things. Like Saka, as unbelievable as he is, and I, I don't want this to seem as I'm, I'm saying he's not or he's overrated in any way because I'm not, but. His strength is that, you know, Robin role of getting it on the right, cutting in and, and whipping it across. And he's unbelievable at that. But I think I just see more different things from Rashford, if if you think that's fair. Yeah, yeah. it is fair. Um, just the thing with United, it just always seems to come down to the same sort of players that they've had over like the last five, four or five years, doesn't it? Like the the mistake for Nketiah's goal just Aaron Wan-Bissaka just switching off from that yeah. second delivery from the corner, just recycled delivery. Um, just them sort of players, obviously, De Gea's his distribution's always been a bit questionable. Questionable. McTominay's come in and he's just and night and day replacement from for Casemiro. It's not even you know in the same universe. Yeah. And it's just it's these it's these players for United that I think these are the ones that are needing to be replaced. I know Aaron Wan-Bissaka's 
is I think he's literally this season playing at his absolute maximum. I think ETH is getting everything he can out of him, and this is as good as he'll ever going to be. I think this is his ceiling. I think for yeah. me, I, I would sh- I'd still be shipping him off because it, it just it, it, it just loses concentration so easily. He's it, a brilliant defender one on one, and that's about it. I'd say he can't. He's not great at going forward. One on one defending is brilliant, and then it's just so lapsedaisical with his concentration. Uh, and that's the difference, isn't it, between a decent right back and someone yeah. that you'd expect to be playing at one of the top clubs in the yeah. world. Luke, Luke Shaw, Luke Shaw as well. I, I was not impressed with his performance yesterday at all. Like, again, another one that's had a really, really good season. Um, just it was always about five yards off the pace of Saka. Wasn't closing him down. Um, yeah, Saka absolutely ruined him yesterday. It ruined him he? every single time he were at him. He, he was just on skates. He, he was backing off. Didn't want to step in at all. He needed help. And I think that Roy Keane mentioned it in studio after a game. He says it was blatantly obvious after a point that he just weren't going to be able to handle him one-on-one. It, it, it's his job to say, look, someone needs to drop in here with me and I, I can't deal with him on my own. He needs to be kind of man enough to say that. Um, that's the problem, and that's the problem when the side is as good as Arsenal are right now. If you bring somebody off to help him, you're taking somebody off somebody else. And you, you know, I mentioned in the in the in the preview show, Casemiro being out would be the difference. And it, in my opinion, it yeah. was the difference because the amount of times Odegaard got, you know, a couple of seconds on the ball wasn't quite closed down quickly quickly enough by Ericsson. Mm. and that's what led oh, yeah, to the. Um, well. if it was their third goal. Um, that's what led to the third goal. You give Odegaard a second on that ball, and that ball's going to be distributed to the left or the right, and then and then whipped in and and maybe scored. And and, and I think that's what happened. So it, it wasn't a surprise to me. And and I've mentioned it to you boys in that it's not a problem that United didn't win this game. You know, Arsenal are a fantastic side at the minute, playing fantastic football. Nobody's denying that. It's not a failure on United's point no. that they didn't win this game because they performed fairly well for for, for a lot of the game. It's just that there's only so much that Ten Hag can do with these players. And I think Ten Hag is getting 100% out of every single player on that pitch most weeks. Yeah. But the problem is, Sam, you've just mentioned it there, Sam, the players aren't good enough. They are just no. not good enough to compete at the top level in the Premier League. And, you know, Wambasaka, Shaw... Um, and McTominay most definitely you know even can, we, can you agree that, that Declan Rice is oh now. yeah come on come on <laughs> Jesus Christ just, just wanted to check Jesus Christ that was that was a bit of tongue in cheek moment and I think you know it was um, mm. yeah it's it, it's quite obvious it's blatantly obvious that he's getting 100% out of a lot of these players um, and unfortunately they're at the ceiling and for United to kick on and, and make the extra step that, that they need to get to, to Arsenal's level because they're you know they're a, a bit off Arsenal and City at the moment in the league and in terms of their performances and their quality um, they need to make those signings and uh, it's not again it's not it's not a disgrace because you know a year ago they were absolutely dreadful so the the improvement is is remarkable but to get to that top level they need that little bit more and that's going to come in uh, that's going to come in the business they do unfortunately they're not going to get any more from those players I was quite happy to see the the feistiness back as well I think Skin it was you that mentioned it within the first 10-15 minutes that the game heated up like from the very beginning and that's something that I think, it was Sam that said that. Oh, Sam, sorry. Sam said that at the very beginning, that it's something that I think that fixture's missed for a long time when you had Ferguson and Wenger both as managers. It was predominantly Arsenal-Manchester United that were competing for the title. We might yeah. be heading back down to to an area where it could be Arsenal and Manchester United competing for the title again. Obviously, we can't count out City. Liverpool, I think, once they've got their injury situation resolved, they'll be back fighting again. But I think Manchester United and Arsenal are now starting to become part of that big four Arsenal Man United that we knew before. And them fixtures now are a bit tastier because this for Manchester United was a proving point for them to be able to close the gap on the league leaders and and show that they maybe could be Premier League contenders this season. For Arsenal, it was a case of showing to, to people that have maybe doubted them and thought that there's going to be a point where they do slip off that it's if it's going to happen, it's not just yet. So I think it adds a bit more feistiness and hopefully that's something that we're going to see down the line. And I think Arteta and Ten Hag have kind of like drilled that into their side. So it's nice to see that back within the Arsenal and Manchester United as well. Yeah, it lived up to the bill and mate. And you're absolutely right. It was good to see it because the last few years, it's it's completely lost its meaning of, like I said, the, the Keenan Vieira, Wenger and Fergie, Keown and Van Nistelrooy, you know, United ending... Arsenal's 49 game unbeaten run, all those historic moments that we look back on fondly, 
certainly haven't been replicated or given us anything new to think about over the last few years. So, yeah, it was absolutely brilliant, mate. It was a great game. Obviously, shame for United to lose it so late, but all credit to Arsenal, and that's that's the that's, that's the difference. They didn't bottle it. They attacked. They, they were absolutely dominant for the last 20 minutes, and in the end, it paid off. Um, and, Kemp, you, you briefly mentioned that before I rudely interrupted you. You mentioned Anthony's name now. I'm never one to write off someone in a new league in the first year. I always treat it like a, an NFL rookie. You know, the second year is important in terms of where they'll end up at, but he's uh, he's looking a bit shaky at the minute. So I'm not sure. I know he's got history with Ten Hag, but I don't know at what point he uh, he might get dropped to the bench for maybe a returning Sancho or Garnacho starting to get more games. So it'll be interesting to see where uh, what the team looks like in the next five to ten games because they're playing very very well. But he seems to be a bit of a weak link in that final third at the moment. It will. And uh, yeah, you're absolutely right. Um, but one thing you weren't right on, and I'm just going to very, very quickly just interject this one before we move on. It was actually me that mentioned the taste of missing the Arsenal United game. Not oh, Sam, sorry, mate. We'll fuck that up. Sorry, we'll, Ken. Uh, we'll, I'll we'll take it. That's all that's right. Why, that's why I'll stay quiet. I'll happy to take yeah. it. As soon as it's a who were that for Dawson, it's, oh, Sam, Sam, it's Sam. Oh, it's Sam. But to be fair, mate, if it's something good that was said, I'm right. It is usually Sam exactly. because hashtag, exactly. Ke- hashtag Kevin Keegan, mate. You can't blame me. <laughs> hashtag five out of five, baby. We'll get to it. <laughs> we'll Ooh, save, it. save it. There we go. Just about to move on to that. Um, right, lads, let's move on to the locks and find out how our third contestant got on in the listener lock-in. Sam. Yeah. Go on, Aaron. Aaron, yeah, of course. So let's take it away. Starting with the locks for the boys. Um, skin, Chef Wednesday, mate. Well done. The, uh... Yes, 100% for luck so far this season on the old football. And Is I, it? Uh, I plan to keep it. I know we're only three weeks in, but... <laughs> no, that's what I mean to go on. So, yeah, we'll see how we get on. But, yeah, thanks, mate. Chef Wednesday uh, did me good this week. 1-0 at home against Fleetwood, indeed. Uh, Mr Ag, <clears throat> man with the mic. Uh, Chef United, always uh, a loaded sport favourite to back, especially this season. Talk us through it. I just thought there were going to be too much for Hull and lo and behold, I was right. So I'm going to take that credit because we know that as the weeks progress, those rights are going to turn into wrongs more often than not. Oh, yeah, and to be fair, by all accounts, obviously I wasn't at the game because we were up in the tune, but by all accounts, we played uh, we played quite well, Adam, and we were oh, very yes. comfortable. So uh, good luck from you there by the sounds of it. Thank you. Love that. And then uh, we may as well just paper over mine, aren't we? Uh, yeah. <laughs> no, 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 no. <laughs> no. We need we need a full thirty minute breakdown, mate. Yeah. So only one, only one this week to let us down on any kind of lock. Um, three. Have you copy and pasted that clip from episode eighteen, or what, what was that? I thought just I'm I'm listening. Oh back yeah, to this yeah, yeah. Sorry, I'm listening yeah, back to this on you. Spotify. I think Aggie yeah. just cut that soundbite there, but I've got you. <laughs> Fuck you. Um, <laughs> so yeah, I pat back Colchester at home. Against Gillingham, um, 18th it, place, Colchester was it? Against 19th. rock bottom Gillingham. Against rock bottom Gillingham. <laughs> um, matter, mate, I said at the time it was risky. I had I literally picked three locks um, Thursday to to go through, and through all three went. So yeah, I was that's, con- that's Yeah, it was about as scrambling as you can possibly scramble. Um, so I backed Colchester at home, knowing it was very risky, and yeah, they lost two 0 to Gillingham, which is just fucking shite. Uh, and then Kempy, he backed um, he backed another one of uh, normally one of my favourite picks. It's uh, Manchester City, obviously at home against mm. Wolves. Mm. Cruise control, weren't it? One of them. Yeah. Are they uh, yeah. are they back? Well, it's difficult to say that they're not. It was an unbelievable performance. Um, yeah, they, they looked very well. They looked very good. <laughs> Holland obviously is a is a cheat code, as uh, I think Adam said. So uh, yes, um, they uh, they are certainly not done in this title race. No matter what Pep might come out and say, uh, it's still going to be tasty and down to the wire, and that's what we want. So yes, I was very happy with that decision. And I'm sorry that I took yours, mate, and you ended up with fucking Colchester. You're good, mate. Now you're good. It's uh, just the way that that pesky wheel goes. Uh, moving on to scorers, then um, that me skin. You start. Uh, you, I think you kicked us off early, didn't you? You backed uh, Mo Salah to score against Chelsea. I did, mate. Of course, was a uh, bit of a bit of a board draw there. At, uh, yeah, he didn't Anfield. score, and neither did anyone else. But what can you do? Can't get them all right. You can't. Ag, you were uh, you backed Charlie Austin. Charlie God Austin, knows. Yeah. Swindon. God knows. Swindon why. against Walsall, mate. Yeah, of course. It um, one of the one of the many games that got um, got called off this this weekend. 
Um, I backed the main man for City, Haaland. Obviously, that's a nice big green tick for me. And then Kempe backed um, Clark Harris of Peterborough. And uh, yeah, it was another one of the games that that did get postponed. So we'll uh, quickly move on to the wild cards. Uh, Skin backed Charlton. Again, game got called off. Not doing very well with this this week. Uh, Aggie, Southampton, mate. Oh, what mate, do you reckon I'm, to that one? I'm good. Southampton got two goals disallowed for VAR and Villa won 1-0 good. in like 83rd minute. Gutted for Southampton. It was, it was obviously a bit of a bold call going for it. That's why it was a wild card. But I think Southampton probably did enough to win that game looking at stats, looking back on it. Mm. Unai Emery grinding out the win. Um, who else we're going with now? Bristol City. My, my back, Bristol City didn't have for the for the wild card. That um, that one didn't come in. Who did they play? Oh, they drew one one, didn't Blackburn. they? With Blackburn. Yeah. So they were was losing one nil. They pulled it back, and Blackburn was went down to ten men. So it looked like for the last twenty minutes or so they could have potentially pushed on, but it, it uh, never materialised. So that's another cross for me. And then Kempy, talk us through the uh, the Sunderland pick, mate. Yeah, I, I mentioned, um, I thought Middlesbrough were going through a little bit of a sticky patch. Honeymoon was was over for, for Dawson's boys. Um, and uh, and anything can happen in a local derby and, and anything did happen. It's a Sunderland 2-0 win, I believe. So I'm very right. happy with that. I was driving down as the game was on and was notified by somebody in the car that that, that, that was the score and I was delighted. So, uh, yes. Um, who? Who had Dib and Dogger telling you that? <laughs> It's Dib, isn't it? He's all into football now. Big uh, football man, isn't he? Big football man. So, yeah. So, just to recap then, skin on football this week, mate. One of two. So, 50%, you know, there or thereabouts. Neither in or there. Uh, Ag's exactly the same. One of two. Me, just a very disappointing week uh, by my my lofty, lofty standards so far. Uh, one of three. And Kemp, you got two of two, mate. So with the obviously game postponed, so 100% for you on football. Well done. Thank you very much. Thank you. Well done, Kempy. Well done. You, let's uh, let's see how Aaron got on then. Yeah, so we uh, we spoke about the lofty heights of the leaderboard that he had to pick. And I will preface this. This by saying that his wild card, which from Morecambe was postponed, so he had a potential five to go at. But we're not doing out of fives; it's just your final score that counts. Uh, he picked the lot, which was Plymouth, which he took off me, and I think that one or two others. Um, they yeah. won, so that's a tick. His score, he had Sar for Watford. He did not score, so that is a cross. The wild card, Morecambe, as I said, postponed. So, well, it's void, but it's as good as a, a cross there. He had Sheffield United to beat Hull 3-1, which, as we know, wasn't the correct score. He had Liverpool to beat Chelsea 2-1, which, again, as you said, Sam, was the ball draw. And then Arsenal to beat Man United, which was... uh, Sorry, he had 2-0, which, as we know, was a great game, finishing with that late Nketiah winner for 3-2. So, Aaron, you put yourself joint first with Kerouin, which on paper sounds great, but you have given the other, what, 20 people that we've got coming on between now and the end of the season... Um, a nice, easy two or more to uh, get to, to that top of the leaderboard. So, yeah, Aaron goes joint first, but a nice bit of wiggle room for anyone else, uh, that, well, everyone else that comes on for the rest of this, this season. So, Skin, who is it that's going to be joining us this week? Uh, joining us this week, we've got Chris Murray. Uh, he is from Glasgow, so we're going to have a bit of a, a different conversation around football. It won't be so the girls. That's it. He's a big Rangers fan, so we'll, we'll talk Rangers, we'll talk... It's fandom. We'll talk their current season, and no doubt we'll uh, we might get a special appearance of from uh, Ali McCoy's fire Kemp's absolutely stupendous impressions. But uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to chatting with him. He's looking forward to it. Spoke to him earlier today just to give him the heads up on what we'll be talking about. Um, so yeah, should be uh, another good one. Okay, and in just a few moments' time, we'll be back to have a look and review the divisional round of the NFL season. Welcome back to episode 24 of Loaded Sport. We're now going to start reviewing the divisional round of the National Football League, starting with the game that took place on Saturday afternoon, the Chiefs against the Jaguars. Now, I've got one question regarding this game, and it opens it up to what's going to be happening this upcoming weekend in the championship game between uh, the Chiefs 
and the Bengals, and that is surrounding Patrick Mahomes. He left the game with a bit of an injury. I know we were sat together watching this, weren't we? And uh, well, skin. I know me and you spoke a bit about Mahomes' determination to keep himself within this game. Had he stayed out of that game, do you think that maybe we'd be looking at a different championship game? Uh, who knows? It's all speculation, isn't it? Like you say, but Jags were put, uh, sorry, Jags Chiefs were putting the uh, points on the board when he had that bit of downtime. Kelsey catching a, a touchdown from Chad Henney. So, what a boy, Chad Henney. Uh, yeah, only a touchdown in it by the end of the game. So potentially, but Chiefs came prepared and they were ready and they still got the job done. So. I'll go, no, I still think Chiefs would have won, but yeah, it's just pure speculation. I sort of call this sort of game a legacy game. I, I, I keep calling it. Um, the sort of game that Mahomes will be known for, it, the great, you know, when he's uh, years from now and he's uh, unveiling his bust in Canton, sounds like yeah. he's topless there. Um, it's these sort of games that are gonna be, we're going to look back on. Pure great. High ankle sprains, uh, no joke. It, no. Like, it, it looked like he broke it at one point on, on certain angles. Um, high ankle sprain looks like he's going to be. He's, he said already said he's going to be fit for the game. He's definitely not going to be hundred percent. Um, normally take about four weeks or so to recover at least from them. So it's going to be tough, tough game coming up. But yeah, um, it's a it's, it's a legacy game for Mahomes and one that has got so much um, impressed me a lot. It really did impress me. Just show, showing a lot of grit with that game. Yeah, I, I, I think the chief just proved again that they are one of the, if not the best side in the AFC at the moment. I know a lot of people were questioning before the season started without Tyreek Hill, just how much Patrick Mahomes has done. But I think he's safely answered those critics. And then once again, with, with I think it was, was it Valdez Scantlin that scored a touchdown as well? Yeah. yeah. Valdez Scantlin as well. So um, the wide receivers very much getting involved for the Chiefs as well as, like you said, Travis Kelsey with two receiving touchdowns. Um, up next, Saturday evening and... We are going to have to talk about it, I guess. And Kemp, I'm going to apologise now, is uh, the Philadelphia Eagles beating the New York Football Giants by 38 to seven. So Kemp, they're just new, they're just the New York Giants now, mate. You have to put the football. <laughs> on, mate. For fuck's sake! It took me all this time to perfect that as well. Go on, mate. No, no, yeah, it it was um, it was disappointing. It was you know, oh, you know, it, it, I felt really strange watching that game because, I mean. <laughs> me and Sam sort of made an agreement between ourselves at <laughs> you know sort of uh, two o'clock in the morning. Um, if it if it goes Eagles twenty one Giants nothing, um, we're uh, we're going to get out of there. And I think what was it just before the end of the first quarter or just, just after just after the first the quarter? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So it, it it all went very wrong very quickly. Um, but again, you know, I, I've said it on here and I've I've said it you know off off offline as well. Um, that I would be happy if we just beat the Vikings. We beat the Vikings. Um, there's still obviously a lot of work to do. There's still obviously a lot of, you know, um, free agent signings and, and work that Dayball needs to do with the team um, and, and a good draft to be had before we get ourselves in a position where we can start competing for for the big prize. So, regardless, very very proud of the the entire team. Very very proud of the franchise and. Very proud to be a Giants fan this season, regardless. It was just a very, very disappointing game where we very, very quickly ran out of steam and uh, the, the golfing class between ourselves and the Eagles was very evident, unfortunately. Yeah. A bridge too far, I think, weren't it? Just It was. But, uh, there's, there's levels to the game and Eagles are, yep. are at the very top of that level at the minute. They are, and... they are. And, you know, it's, it's a similar type of deal to Man United I guess where last season we were absolutely dreadful and for the past God knows how long we've, we've been absolutely dreadful so to go from where we were to where we are you know that level of improvement is is, is yeah. massive it's huge and the, the, the feeling's still there you know the feeling the feel good feeling around the Giants is still there let's have a great clever, let's have a good draft a clever draft let's, let's pick some decent pieces up in free agency and let's go again next year with a very very positive outset and um, very very positive outlook on the season from uh, from day one rather than thinking three or four weeks in bloody hell actually we're quite good so uh, <laughs> fingers crossed we can bridge that gap next year but uh, always disappointing but uh, yeah still very happy with the season and um, good luck to the Philadelphia Eagles and the rest of the playoffs Nice one um, then we move on to Saturday evening where the first of the championship rounds was confirmed as the Cincinnati Bengals beat the Buffalo Bills Sunday 
Sunday evening. Sunday evening. Evening, evening, Saturday evening. Saturday no, evening. No. Sorry, Sunday evening when uh, the Cincinnati Bengals beat the Buffalo Bills. 27-10 in extreme weather conditions, which made it very difficult for me to be able to correctly predict who I was putting a I bet on it. for. It, I loved it. Oh, don't get me wrong. I enjoyed it. I just put just Singletary pure. down for a rushing touchdown and then that were it. <laughs> I knew from that pure, moment it was um, never going to work. It's a, pure, it's a pure playoff game, that is. But it's a typical NFL, out in the cold, snow sort of game you see at Lambeau, well, Bill's classic, Patriots, them, them sort of stadiums where you just got your thick snow coming down such a good atmosphere. Everything was electric. Demar Hamlin was in the, in the stadium and just watched them get absolutely fucking walloped. It was it were a bloodbath from start to finish. They went fourteen nil up the Bengals, and they just never never looked back. There were not one point in that game where you just thought, I think Bills might actually come back here because they just could not get anything going on offense. Yeah, the, uh, the Bills defensive line was unbelievable. Uh, sorry to say Bills there I meant, meant Bengals yeah. defensive yeah Bengals defensive line unbelievable Bills offensive line normally one of best in the league just was like a turnstile uh, and yeah I thought the Bengals were absolutely outstanding uh, Joe Burrow is um, is playing like a man possessed at the minute and is probably second in form I'd probably say in the league right now behind Mahomes I mean Hurts is hovering somewhere there but yeah, it's uh, it's a pleasure to watch these uh, these young quarterbacks come through at the minute. I think we've got like a an embarrassment of riches when it comes to that. You just mentioned about uh, Bengal uh, Bengals uh, Joe Burrow playing like a man possessed. He obviously lost the Super Bowl last season. The Bengals started this season. They went zero and two, losing to uh, the Steelers and losing to the Cowboys in their opening two games by just the one score. People then started to doubt the Bengals a bit. Do you think maybe that's mm-hmm. lit the fire that's really led to them being in this mm-hmm. position now? Because really, people were thinking maybe the Bengals were just, you know, a bit of a one-hit wonder. And then they've turned it around now and they're going up against the Chiefs and some are seeing them. We'll talk more about that on Thursday, but some are seeing yeah. them as favourites. So do you think maybe that's what's lit the fire to get to this position for them? But maybe. It's, it's definitely going to help. You know, it's something that they can add to the locker room where, you know, everyone's back. Everyone was backing against them, by the way, in the off-season. Everyone was saying... Yeah, it Burrow was made a point of saying that, didn't he, in his, in yeah. his post-match review of... Uh, interview, sorry, of saying, yeah. like, make sure you, we've got the receipts, you know, claim your refunds. <laughs> I love that. Love that. The neutral book, game. Yeah, booking flights to Atlanta and hotels and all that stuff. And, yeah, he said, like, you know, get your refunds because... It's, it's so yeah, just based on that, you could tell that they they had that as motivation. Definitely, but I, I just think people just need to now just take them at face value. They're a, they're a fucking good football team. That's what they are. Yeah. Um, there's no there's no oh yeah, they were a Cinderella story. That that was last year, but they're just a really good team. They're really well coached. Zach Taylor's just doing wonders. And I yeah. think they're the second best informed team behind the Niners. They've they've not lost for. Yeah, they're flying. But they maybe. started, I think they were about three three and three, maybe at the start of the season, and yeah. they've just been winning ever since. But Joey Burrow, what a quarterback, man. Unbelievable. He's just pure clutch, ice in his veins. We saw it in college and what he achieved with LSU, but he the just, the, yeah, the <laughs> the occasion just doesn't phase him, does he? I know they didn't all. win the Super Bowl, but that wasn't because of anything no, he did wrong. He didn't have a stinker at all. Now he's just, oh. just got ice in his veins, hasn't he? I just yeah. yeah, yeah, very impressed with him. And uh, the final game saw uh, the San Francisco 49ers beat the Dallas Cowboys 19-12. Now this it was in my opinion something that very much defines a game of defense against defense. Uh, McCaffrey didn't get many rushing yards to many people's surprise. He he was off the field. I've seen little clips as well. I saw it on Good Morning Football, a little bit of a conversation surrounding the fact that he might have a little bit of an injury heading into the yeah, championship calf game. Injury, honey. Yeah, Tony Pollard for the Cowboys, probably their most effective running back this season, uh, broke his leg. He's heading into free agency, heading into this uh, off-season as well. So Cowboys have probably lost more from, from that than the Niners have, but obviously losing out in the championship game as well. But player personnel, I'm going to put that down to. Uh, for the Niners, I think this is the first time in 16 years that a rookie QB is going to be the quarterback in a championship game. Yeah, brilliant. brilliant. Really good. Um, I know we, we've spoken a lot about the Niners and, and Purdy over the last couple of weeks, and rightly so. You know, they deserve every kind of plaudit. I'm going to start with the Cowboys, though. Go for it. Because why is it two years in a row 
that the Cowboys go whimpering out of a playoff game with a, a play that just has every single person watching the game scratching their head. I, I, I don't get it. It's it's pure Mike McCarthy. It just just idiotic, just pure idiotic. What was that? Why was Zeke snapping the ball? Why was there just a clump of wide receivers? Why did he throw it into the middle of the field with no timeouts? There's just so many questions about what happened on that final play. And yeah. they, just, they just don't deserve it, do they? Obviously, harking back to last year with the um, rushing to um, to spike it with the slide, and, and it just they ended up clocking it in double zeros and you know timing out. It's just typical cowboy football. We all, we come out, me especially, come out with a lot of strong praise last week for them, and I thought it'd be a proper classic this this game with Niners Cowboys, and it was it was far from it really, really low scorer, um, and yeah, just another whimpering defeat for the Cowboys. Only two touchdowns throughout the entire game, and it finished nineteen twelve. Bad mate, really bad. So there we go. Not two good defenses. It, 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 you know, didn't necessarily always have shootout written all over it because of how they are on that side of the ball. But you know, I think Bengals Bills was the defensive game with with how Bengals performed. They were, they were absolutely brilliant. I I don't know what that game was. Niners got the win. They'll be happy. But yeah, like you said, Sam. <laughs> I'd like to think that we as a combination of pretty good NFL knowledge, especially for, you know, four British lads in, in their late 20s, early 30s. I, I think we've got very good knowledge, but you won't find the answer to what the fuck they were doing on that last play here. So, um, yeah, if you've come a, for the answer, a, you've come to the wrong place. Yeah, you'll not find it here or probably anywhere else, to be fair. I don't even think Mick McCarthy would be able to explain uh, what they were doing but or what they were Mick McCarthy? Yorkshireman. Yeah, Mick, fucking Mick McCarthy, Mike McCarthy. So, <laughs> I, I don't know what we were doing on that last play. <laughs> Bring it, I deserve that. I don't know what I'm talking about. As much as he done, but yeah, it's I, I I don't know what to say really, which doesn't make for great content on a on a podcast, I know, but there's there's no way of even attempting to explain or speculate on, on what the objective they had in mind was it wasn't like they could run 10 yards and stop the clock because there was no time left on the clock so yeah they, they, they've got a long summer ahead now to to think about that and and see what they do next year but yeah it's all about the Niners now we'll we'll save the uh, the thoughts for the championship games for for the preview show but yeah Niners got the job done and, and they're through and that's all that matters certainly so think... go on sorry I was going to say I don't think they care you know, whether it was nineteen twelve or or whatever, they, they're through, and that's that's what you care about. Brock Purdy certainly won't. He's seven and zero as a starting quarterback, oh, so he's going to be what, what a boy. And the final story. final the plot taken. thickens on what the Niners do in the summer with a quarterback mm. situation. Save it. Yeah, there's plenty, <laughs> plenty to uh, to look at when we uh, reach in towards the off season of the NFL. So that is the conclusion of the divisional round. Of course, we'll start breaking down the championship game later on in the week, but. Let's have a look at our locks and wild cards for the uh, the weekend just gone then for the NFL. Yeah, why don't we? Um, so we almost had a, a clean sweep on the Chiefs, if you remember. Uh, Skin, Ag, and myself, we all backed the Chiefs and obviously come in 21, uh, sorry, 27 20. Uh, Mr. Kemp went a different direction. He bravely backed against his beloved New York Giants. And of course, he was. Um, he hit the nail on the head there, bless him. Made a smart um, business decision. It, yeah, business decision. It was the correct decision at the end of it. When so. it comes to loaded sport locks, wild card scorers, you've got to take all emotion out of it and you've got to just get down to business. So uh, Yeah, you're listening, Ag. Fuck that, go Hawks. <laughs> so yeah, so that's um, just, a, just that's a four out of four for the uh, loaded sport locks on, on NFL. So well done, boys. Um, moving on to scorers. Skin, you picked um, Christian Kirk, mate. Well, I did. Uh, Come in, didn't it? I was about it to did, say, mate, it did, yeah. a bad decision, but I just realised it actually come in. So no, that's, that's a good call. That I'm a big fan of it. I must admit. Thank you. I came, I came ready with the stats. Uh, Chiefs aren't the best at passing defense, as I said in the preview show. One of the stats was that they'd given up the most receiving touch or yeah, the most receiving touchdowns. Sorry, um, this season at 33. So yeah, it was. Uh, well, just the most touchdowns in in total. I don't know what I'm talking about anymore. I did Thursday. I don't know. For, don't know for some reason. You still yeah. pissed? No, I'm not, mate. I'm not. <laughs> I, uh, but yeah, no. I came with the stats. Looking at it, 
I really fancied him to score, and he did. So yeah, very happy with that. I think that's I think that's my favourite call so far from all our locks. Yeah, it's a I like that one. I like that one. It, like me, I'm I've, like for example, I've gone CMC and Haaland for mine this week. I think I must have had CMC and Haaland as a combination about three times a season. It just We've got it's so basic, that, but it just works. I'm going to say so, it's it's pretty much a foregone conclusion any time they play. Yeah. If that if that if they're on the board when when it comes round to my pick, make no mistake, I'm backing them every single time. Uh, so yeah, obviously as I say, CMC that was my uh, my call. So that come in luckily, really looking at a low scoring game with uh, touchdowns few and far between. Uh, Ag, Jared McKinnon, mate, your your boy has let you down he big has. there. He has, but he he won me a Super Bowl in fantasy, so uh, he's forgiven. Mate, that's done, mate. Move on. No, but it, it, like, it is what it is. As Skin pointed out, when, yeah, when Mahomes left, it seemed like Pacheco had come in, and I think from there it was predominantly Pacheco as the running back. Yeah, Pacheco's outstanding. With, Big fan of him. It looks like a good pick-up, doesn't it? Especially when they had Edward Seller. You know, they yeah. didn't have to go for him. So. McKinnon Absolutely. as well, to be fair. I'm, I'm still going to sing his praises, even though he didn't get a touchdown, because I still think he had quite a good game. It's just he didn't get it into the end zone. So. No, nah, I didn't do what counts, mate, so fuck off. Um, <laughs> and uh, moving on to the final scorer is Mr. Kemp with one of the best offensive talents that's left remaining in the playoffs, and that is uh, Travis Kelsey. Always um, always a solid back, mate, so well done on that back one. Two, didn't he, as well? Back two, didn't he, yeah. Yeah, two, yeah. yeah, yeah, back two, nearly 100 yards. Now, unlucky. <laughs> so yeah, that's uh, that's the that's the score done. So that was three out of four with uh, just Aggie getting getting the one wrong there, and then the wild cards. Skin mate, you took the Bengals. So in fact, I'll save us some time. It was almost a clean sweep again. There was you, me, and Kemp all back the Bengals there. So we we kind of seen the iceberg ahead, and all three of us got that one right. With... They were the uh, they were the only wild card team or or any team that were uh, valid for the wild card that won. So we did right there. Mm, that's a good call that. And finally, it was Ag. Wah, 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 wah. He backed the uh, the New York foosball giants. I won't say football, <laughs> more mm. foosball on that game. And of course, Gosh. they got absolutely dicked by <laughs> the uh, Philadelphia Eagles. So to recap. Skin finished the NFL segment on three of three. Well done, mate. Ag Thank you. finished the NFL segment on a lowly one of three. Yes. I finished three of three, and so did Kemp. So 100% for the three of us, and Aggie on one of three there. So not Shit. the best weeks for him. So overall, that's uh, Mr. Skin on four of five. Obviously, you have to take into account the uh, postponed games. Ag, two of five, mate. You must do better on your homework there. Me, I got four of six, and Kempy five out of five, mate. Now let's have a bit of fanfare well played, for that one. Well played, five out, hundred percent is absolutely unbelievable. What, what? Uh, give us some thoughts, mate, because that's fantastic. Speech. Delighted, absolutely delighted. I got off to a bit of a shaky start with the uh, with the locks, wild cards, etc. But uh, yeah, I'm. Uh, I feel like I'm starting to find my feet now. Mm. Um, and, uh, and and the only one request I've got on the back of that. Is that you rename a low score uh, from the Kemp Fuck um, off. to the Ag? Yeah, so I knew where that would go. Refer yeah. to a low score now. It's the Ag, not the Kemp. <laughs> All right, yeah, no, so. absolutely right. Aggie sits at forty three percent. So yeah, absolutely yeah, fair. Request. What, what I do like is the fact that um, what what I don't like is the fact that I've just heard about how everyone's got on in the NFL and realizing that I'm the only one that's actually got an NFL prediction incorrect at all this week. I think correct. Yeah, and you did it twice, so well done. Well, tell you what, NFL wise, that's that statement there is the only fucking thing you've been correct about. So, well <laughs> is it? <laughs> fucking hell! Unlucky, mate. Get try better this time, please. Since Skins mentioned that we've nobody's got um, all correct, I think the first week Sam got it, then Skin got it, and now Kemp's got it, and that's the three weeks of the new year since Skin said nobody's managed to get all correct in one week. Yeah, well, Each I of will you put this one out there for you, lads. Then as a as a as a challenge, so Sam, you've gone a hundred percent in a week. Kemp, you have now gone a hundred percent in a week against all odds. Have I? Yeah, you did because one got uh, void due to postponement. Okay. Well, well, that's what I was going to say. Nobody yet has got six out of six. I think any time someone's got 100%, it's been like five out of five. 
So uh, that's that's the race. That's the right race. I think you might have to look at that one. I think my mind is six out of six. I think yours was five out of five. I'm sure it was, but I'll uh, I'll double check that. How bad is it that we're so far ahead of Adam that we've got to think up our own little game? Yeah, keep ourselves entertained while he's there on on one out of six every week. We'll wait for him to catch up. What can you do? Come on, guys. We're. We're three weeks into a, a very, very long year ahead and new seasons and, and all kinds of things like that. So by the time we get to early January and we do our little review, it, it's all it's all look very different, I'm sure. But either way, Ag will still be at bottom. But between us three, we've, uh, we've got you some competition yourself. going. Oh, we're having a great yourself. time, mate. Can you not tell? No. no I can't. <laughs> I'm too far behind to see what's going on. <laughs> On to next week, then, isn't it? See what see what we all predict uh, this for this upcoming weekend. It is yes. Were you going to give us the percentages? Uh, I haven't got them to hand, mate. But See, I'll, I'll, I'll post them on I'll post them on Facebook tomorrow when I when I put all the uh, the updated leaderboard on there. What are you posting them on Facebook? On what page is that? It is uh, it's loaded sport, mate. That's our main page. If uh, you want to get involved in discussions and chats about all things, mainly football, but any sport people want to post about, just search for the, the loaded sport community forum on Facebook. It is a private group, so request to join, and one of us will uh, accept that. If you want to follow us on Twitter, where Sam is a spicy little bugger, it's at loaded sport. Instagram is at loaded underscore sport. If you want to have a look at our TikTok content, which usually consists of a bit of a, a clip uh, with the background of some of our classic clubbies clips, then uh, it's at Loaded Sport as well. Spotify and YouTube is Loaded Sport. Make sure you're following us on Spotify or subscribing to our YouTube page so you get notifications when we release our latest episodes. That's important because I've uh, I've had a look, lads, and some spicy upcoming news for you. We have gained quite a few new listeners in these last seven Ooh. days, but... We always review it on a Wednesday. More importantly, we need people hitting that follow button as well. So, uh, yeah, join us along for the ride. We're still early doors. We're still only a couple of months in, but come a few years' time when we're on talk sport or we're, we're hosting events <laughs> and all that kind of stuff, you you lot that were with us early doors can say, yeah, I was with them from the start. So uh, get following and get joining in. Nice one. Uh, lads, that's it. Thank you very much for joining to review the uh, divisional round. Look forward to speaking to all three of you about uh, the championship round later on this week. Can't wait.